Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, sponsored by KaplanNursing.com, offering prep courses for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. Now, if you've begun to prepare for the NCLEX, you might have noticed that it's quite a bit different from other exams you've taken before, especially compared to exams you might have taken in nursing school. But exactly how different is the NCLEX? Well, in today's episode, we're going to unravel what makes the NCLEX different from nursing school exams or even exams you might have taken back in high school. And more importantly, what you can do to better prepare yourself for this kind of test. Our host again is Rhonda Laws, who is our mental strength training expert. And she's going to walk us through some of the things that you can expect on the NCLEX and how you can begin to prepare for this very tough exam. We hope you enjoy and go ahead and take it away, Rhonda. Hi, my name is Rhonda Laws. You heard that applause as well now, because once we start talking about nursing school exams, you might feel a little differently, because is there anything more stressful than nursing school exams? Well, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today, because what Kathleen has to offer is what no one else has to offer in the industry. We're going to teach you how to take those crazy nursing school questions and ramp them up to NCLEX level and still be successful. So I'm a nursing faculty. I teach in the classroom every day. And I just started hearing other faculty say things like, well, listen up. That's going to be on the NCLEX. And I would say, how do they know? I thought I missed a memo. So I started researching, what are the resources out there? And I think you need to be very savvy when you decide how you're going to prepare for the NCLEX. You need to be a consumer. Look at what the programs have to offer and pick the best one for you. When I started researching, I wanted to find something that taught you how to take those crazy test questions. And I stumbled onto Kaplan. And as I read more and I researched more and I started talking to people, I was blown away by what they have to offer. And I want to share that with you. But first, let's go to a classic nursing school type question, right? This is an application and analysis level question. An older adult diagnosed with heart failure tells the nurse that he's not been feeling well for the past two weeks. It's most important for the nurse to ask which of the following questions. All right, everybody savvy on the question? Why don't you just use your normal test taking strategies? Now we'll look at the answer choices. One, do your ankles become swollen at the end of the day? Two, where do you sleep at night? Three, how do you feel after dinner? Or four, do you have chest pain when you inhale? I'm sorry? You know what this feels like when you take a test? I, I, I don't think any of these answers apply. Or I think all of these answers apply. And then now none of these answers apply. Now none of the, know the dilemma? So what I want you to do is to pause right here and pick your answer. So pick which answer you would normally go with. Everybody got it? Let me tell you what the right answer is. It's number two. Whoa! Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm here to talk to you about today. Because what Kaplan does better than anybody else is help you rip apart these questions to be successful. So if you use our decision tree, the answer to this will pop off the page. It'll become much clearer to you what the right answer is. And I'm going to walk you through why that's the right answer as I talk through the decision tree. OK, so let's keep going. Remember, we talked about there's three keys to NCLEX success, knowledge, anxiety management, where we talked about your mindset, and the final one is test-taking strategies. This is the one that everybody wants to know. Help me feel better about myself when I walk out of a test. Because anyone who starts a nursing school test thinks, wow, I, I really don't want to be here. I'm good. I want to be done. Wait a minute. I'm on question two. Know that feeling? 
I want to show you how to feel much more confident about it. And what this all boils down to is the Kaplan Decision Tree. It's amazing how it helps you. Now, this is our layout of classes. You'll see on this that we take about three hours to really teach you the decision tree. And part of an online review or a live review is we walk you through the steps. We walk you through several questions. So I'm just going to give you a taste, just a teaser of how the decision tree works and why I think it is so phenomenal in helping students. Because as a faculty, I know that students do not need more content. What they need is to know how to take these tests. Now there's five steps in the decision tree. So how many steps? Five. Oh, you are with me now. How many steps? Five. Just five. Okay, so we're going to start with the first one. And whether you're in nursing school right now or you're taking the NCLEX in a few months, this is one of the most important things that you can do. Because what you want to do is figure out the topic of the question. Here's what we gravitate towards. What we want to do is skim the question, read the answers, boom, and go for the one that we feel best about, right? That's a disaster. That's a recipe for disaster. I want to show you how you can do that differently. Because if you take the time to really apply these rules, these guidelines, these tips, you're going to be much more successful. I'm going to ask you to do something really hard. I'm going to ask you to cover the answer choices, because here's what happens. <laughs> When you skim the answer, you read the answer choices, you can be talked into the world's craziest answer, right? Someone who threw a distractor in there at the last minute. Because what I want you to understand is nursing school tests are not near what you're going to take in an NCLEX exam. We could go into how they're created. They fly faculty in from all over the nation. They lock them in a hotel room for a week. They make them write questions. And then they go through testing and testing and testing and testing. All kinds of statistical analysis that would bore you to death. Nobody's nursing school does that for their questions. We don't have the resources, we don't have the time. But NCLEX is a different beast. So things that you worked for you in nursing school won't work on the NCLEX because I know how you roll. You figure out, you, your whole job the first couple of weeks in class is to figure us out as faculty, right? You know when our voice goes up in a certain place, yep, that's on the test, write it down. You don't have those advantages on the NCLEX. So you have to be ready for whatever comes at you. So the first thing is figure out what the question is asking you. You want to read that question, put it into your, only, into your own words. You want to identify what the most important things are in that question, and that's what we will teach you how to do. Here's why this works. Because you have to know what you're looking for. Now, you may find this shocking, but I have a friend who's a hunter and does not usually invite me to hunt. Mostly because it involves a lot of waiting and being quiet. Two, not my forte. So what I want to tell you is he showed me a picture and said, Rhonda, find the deer. And I was like, I, it was an outdoor scene. I, I couldn't find any deer. And he said, no, look for the horizontal lines. And I was like, bingo, there, there, there. And it was like, I love those. You ever do those in the, when you're a little kid, the highlights where they had those hidden pictures? I was killer at that, but I couldn't find the deer until I knew what I was looking for. Because a deer's back is a horizontal line, goes against trees in nature. When I knew what I was looking for, exactly what I found. When you take the time to know the topic of a question, you know what you're looking for. And you're not going to get sucked into those crazy answers. Don't believe me? Have you ever gone back into a faculty's office and asked to review your test? And when they show you your answer, they say, and why did you pick that answer, Ms. Jones? And you say, I have no earthly idea. Because in the light of day, it makes no sense. That's what happens in a stressful environment. So if you walk through this and focus on the priorities, put the words, the question of the stem of the question into your own words, 
And here's a rule that will apply across the board. For this particular patient, in this particular setting, what keeps them the safest? For this particular patient, in this particular setting, what keeps them the safest? Okay, so I know you're still with me. Say it with me. For this particular patient, in this particular setting, what keeps them the safest? safest? Okay, really, NCLEX comes all down to patient safety. So you might have a fantastic answer for another question, but what we're looking for, what's particular about this patient, what's particular about their setting, what will keep them the safest? Now what can be particular about a patient? Age, diagnosis, medical problem, drug that they're on, any number of things. What's particular about the setting? Are we in an ER? Are we in a critical care? Are we at the mall doing a screening? Because I act differently. I do different things depending on the setting that I'm in. And it's all about what keeps them the safest. So let me teach you something else. I call it the fast forward rule. You fast forward and decide what's particular about this patient? What's the worst thing that can happen to them? How should I recognize it? And what would I do? If you organize your studying that way, what's the worst thing that can happen to this patient? How can I recognize it? What would I do about it? See, back to that CHF question, if you would have thought, what's the worst thing that can happen to a patient? You would say, of course, pulmonary edema, right? So how would I recognize it? Well, of those answer choices, which is the one that said they couldn't lay down because of the pulmonary edema, where they would feel like they're smothering? That's why we ask them where you sleep at night. So recognizing worst case scenario, how you should recognize it and what you should do about it is a way you should be organizing yourself when you're studying now for your nursing exams, but it will do you very well for NCLEX review. So let's do another question. We've got a woman during the transition phase of labor who complains of lightheadedness and tingling sensation in her fingers. Which of the following actions should the nurse take next? Well, you know our rules. What's particular about this patient? They're a woman in the transition phase of labor, which if you haven't got to see that, that's very entertaining. The women save up all the nasty things they want to say to their partner and they have no accountability. So like, if you ever touch me again, all that stuff that happens. But we're a woman, transition phase of labor, they complain of something. Hey, there's some assessment information, lightheaded and tingling. Anytime you see assessment information, you ask yourself, self, is that normal for someone in the transition phase of labor to be lightheaded or tingling? And self says, no, that is not normal. So which of the following actions should the nurse take next? Namaste, got to pull it together because when you see next, first, most important, there could be more than one right answer. And we waste a lot of time in nursing school like, this answer's right too, yes. But NCLEX level questions are about picking the best, the most important answer that will keep that patient the safest. So we got a woman, transition phase of labor, with abnormal assessment that's lightheaded and tingling. What should we do? Well, we've got have her breathe into a paper bag, encourage the woman to pant and blow with the next contraction, Instruct the woman to take a cleansing breath and refocus her contractions, or tell the woman to pant three times and exhale against her pursed lips. We did step one, topic. I have a woman in the transition phase of labor with abnormal assessment, tingling and lightheaded. That means I'm probably gonna have to do something. Don't make the mistake that an assessment is not doing something. Could be an assessment or an implementation, so that nursing school rule won't work for you. So let's look at these. Step two is determining if each of your options are an assessment or an implementation. Number one, is that assessment or implementation? Right, it's an implementation. What about number two? Right, it's an implementation. We're having her do something. Number three, 
That's also an implementation, right? And number four. Woohoo! You don't know this yet, but we should be real excited. Because in step two, when they all match, they're all assessments or they're all implementations, we get to do go to step three, which is Maslow. And that means we do hierarchy of needs. You remember that, right? We take care. The physical is going to take precedence over the psychosocial. So when we go back through these answer choices, one, two, three, and four, we're going to determine if they're physical or psychosocial. So is number one physical or psychosocial? It's physical. What about number two? Physical. Number three, it's a cleansing breath. What would that be? Psychosocial. And number four, it's physical. Okay, so we know that in step three and only in step three, I can eliminate the psychosocial option most often, so I'm gonna get rid of number three. You're picking between one, two, and four. I'm gonna turn it back over to you to figure out which answer you're gonna go by eliminating those last two answers and coming up with your best answer. Okay, you know what the best answer is? Number one. Now here's why that's the best answer. First of all, if you're saying to me, uh, you know, I've been in labor and delivery and I don't believe I've ever seen somebody with a grocery sack over their face. You're right. And that strategy I call the paper bag strategy. If it fixes the problem and it doesn't harm the patient, don't disregard that answer just because you've never seen it before. If it fixes the problem and it doesn't harm the patient, don't disregard that answer just because you've never seen it before. See, what she's done is, she is in so much pain, she has breathed herself into respiratory alkalosis. She's blown off all her CO2. So we need to put the bag back on her face so that she will rebreathe her own CO2, bring her pH back to normal, and not be lightheaded and tingling anymore. Now, normally we wouldn't pick that answer if you're just trying to scan through, but when you apply the steps of the decision tree, that's how it works. So step two is to look at assessment or implementations. Now we've got another question here and it's a really super long one. This will be one that got a parent of a 10 year old type one diabetic calls the clinic nurse to discuss the child's self-monitoring blood glucose results. The child is regulated with a combination of NPH and regular insulin before breakfast and supper. The past two mornings, the blood sugar readings were 220 and 210. What should the nurse advise the parent to do? I look at that many words and I just wanna take a nap. But we're here to tell you, we're gonna give you the strategies, don't be overwhelmed. You find yourself in that situation, say, no, no. I know what to do. So how do I break this question down? Well, I'll show you how to do that in a review, but I got a 10-year-old type one diabetic who's on two types of insulin, whose blood sugars, oh, there's more assessment information. Anytime I see assessment information or numbers, I say high, low, or normal. Well, you and I both know a blood sugar of 220 is too high. So a blood sugar of 210 is still high. So what do I do for a type one 10 year old diabetic who's on two types of insulin, whose blood sugars are too high in the morning? That's step one. Step two, I look at my answer choices and I see that, well, one is an implementation, two is an assessment, three is an implementation, and four is an implementation. Can we go to step three? Sadly, no, we're stuck. Now I have to figure out how to assess or to implement, and we'll show you how to do that in a full-on decision tree session. But in this one, you go back up to the stem and say, do I have assessment information? The answer is yes. Then you ask yourself the question, does it need to be validated? And you'd have to decide yes or no. In this case, yeah, we gotta figure out why is this child having blood sugars that are too high in the morning? Now look at our assessment options. Is there one that'll work? Look, which one would you think? Well, we only have one assessment option. You say, ah! Of course, it's number two. 
We're gonna do that because of the Somagogi effect. That's why we give a diabetic client 15 milligrams of complex carbs before, 15 grams of complex carbs before they go to bed. Because otherwise, their blood sugar drops during the night, their body overcompensates, and they end up with blood sugars that are too high in the morning. So walking through the decision tree, applying the same steps over and over again, will help you do that. Remember, you can only go to step three if they were all assessments or all implementations. Now let's look at one last question. We've got a woman admitted to the hospital with a ruptured ectopic pregnancy, a laparotomy is scheduled, preoperatively which goal is most important for the nurse to include in the plan of care. Okay, so what's particular about this patient? You tell your partner, what's particular about them? Yeah, I hear things like, they're a woman, good start. She's got a ruptured ectopic pregnancy. Well, you know our strategy, boom. What's the worst thing that can happen in a ruptured ectopic pregnancy? Hemorrhage. Sometimes people say death, which that's good, but I need you to figure out how you got to dead. What was it that got you there? And it's usually the hemorrhage and shock. So before surgery, what's most important for the nurse to include? Step two, oh sweet. I've got implementation, 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 implementation. Those are awesome, they all match. Now I can look to go to step three. Well, one is physical, two is psychosocial, three is psychosocial, and four is physical. Woohoo! What can we get rid of? Two and three. Now we're down to, oh great, two choices. And what do nursing students always say? I always get it down to two choices and pick the wrong one. Well, no more. You already know what the biggest risk is, it's shock. So what's gonna help us more, fluid replacement or respiratory therapy? You got it, fluid replacement. Do you see how much simpler it is to find the right answer when you can systematically think through it and crank through it every time? Step four talks about ABCs and our priorities are airway, breathing, circulation. We have a question and you're in ER and we've got more than one patient, who do you see first? If I've got somebody who's having respiratory distress and somebody who's having a heart attack, I am running by the heart guy going straight to the airway person. So we'll show you how to make priority answers and questions in your things. ABCs, we'll show you how to use that in the review. And the fifth step, we work all the way through that. Sometimes we look at outcomes. And the, the decision tree is flexible, believe it or not. It's very flexible. We'll show you how to use it appropriately on each of the types of the questions that you'll experience on the NCLEX exam. So they're all assessments, they're all implementations. We'll show you what to do when you make it to step five. Because remember, there are three keys to NCLEX success. Knowledge in a targeted, focused way that uses your resources, both in your brain and in your time, in the most efficient way. Managing your anxiety, we'll show you how to change your mindset. And these test-taking strategies, and I think the best way to teach students consistent test-taking strategies for success is to use the decision tree. So, I hope you'll check us out. Look at Kaplan, look at our resources, see what we have available, and I hope you'll join us for a full-on review. It's been a privilege to be here with you today. And on that note, we conclude today's episode of Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast. To learn more about Kaplan Nursing and how to prepare for the NCLEX, we encourage you to visit our website, which is kaplannursing.com. Also, be sure to like and follow us on all of our social media handles on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, and even on our Pinterest page. Our handle is Kaplan NCLEX Prep, so be sure to follow us there. And also, we definitely want to know 
what topics you would like to see on this prep cast. So be sure to go ahead and leave us a comment on Facebook or on Twitter and let us know exactly what you would like to hear, what we can do to better help you to prepare for the NCLEX and perform in nursing school and beyond. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to subscribe to us and leave us a rating and a comment in the iTunes store as well. As always, we thank you so much for tuning in and look forward to seeing you in a future prep cast. 